Hey, what's up? Ding dong. What's up, Maudience? It's the Herald and Modcast. And I'm the I'm the Herald and Modcast. <laughs> You're just the Herald. I'm a Herald. I'm the Mod, but a bit younger. I'm a bit, a bit. smellier than Herald. That's definitely true. Uh, we've got a movie review for you. It's called Kubo and the Two Strings. The two, st- that's strings, folks, not things <laughs> or drings it's, or uh, things and how they fing. That's strings. It's an animated film. It's uh, directed by Travis Knight. It stars Charlize Theron, Matthew McConaughey, Ray Fiennes, um, Art Parkinson, who plays Rickon in Game of Thrones. All very famous Japanese actors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, let's talk about what this is about first. Well, uh, we should say uh, we don't usually go to um, animated movies, but this is stop. It was stop motion. You right. know, like Coraline or like uh, Nightmare on Christmas or what is that one called? So that's why I really wanted or to see it. Santa Claus is coming to down Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah, stop stuff motion. Like that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I love stop motion. Or all the, and usually stop motion movies are always just like British chickens running away from... Right. I was like, finally a stop motion movie that's not British chickens running away from British farmers it's just like a difference it's you know japanese lore and it looked really cool so it's about a young boy named kubo who uh must locate a magical suit of armor worn by his deceased father in order to defeat a vengeful spirit i mean basically we meet sounds like right off wikipedia that's funny (laughs) yeah it's something like that basically so we meet we meet young kubo through a storm as an infant and he's aided by his mother who's like a magical mother and he has lost an eye. We find out his grandfather, who's kind of a vengeful spirit in the above world, which is not the below world, but somehow he's like up in above. Not it. quite heaven. Not It's not really clarified. And you don't yeah. really know what the above world is. You're just supposed to go with it. And he's bad. And, and her sisters are bad. And they're hunting Kubo because they took his eye and they want the other one. And then flash forward to him as a little boy, and he's they're basically in a cave, and he's taking care of his mother, who's sort of catatonic, catatonic yeah. yeah, by day, and then at night she like wakes up. And, but he goes to the village during the day to play his string mandolin, mandolin guitar or whatever thing, it is, yeah. and uh, he also does these magical origami shows. He's kind of like a little busker. He puts a hat out and yeah. he does it on the street for the townspeople, and they all love him because this magical loot or whatever it is makes the little origami pieces come to life. Which is very cool. Also not explained, though. Yeah, but and so he, he does this... Uh, and his mother, he goes back to his mother who comes alive at night and she, and they, she tells him these stories and she says, Kubo, never go out past dark. You, you will be found by the moon King, my father and my sisters, if you do. And as little boys do, he kind of eventually ventures out after dark because he wants to find his father. Well, there's like that Jap- Jap- Japanese 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 <laughs> lamp ceremony ritual, and they're all like talking to their deceased loved ones. So yep. he wants to go and try to harness his father's spirit, and but it's at after dark. So, of so course, he does. Yeah. He does that, and of course, the bad grandfather and the bad ants do find him well just the ants no grandfather oh, right the point. bad ants find him and they're two and they're like 
identical twins and they're wearing these porcelain masks. They could look cool. Rooney Mara. Yeah, the same voice yeah. for both, who also is like Bl- Rooney Blara, like no. not that interesting or cool, but whatever. And uh, he's rushes back to the cave. He tries to get there, but he doesn't make it. And his mother, who still has some magic, stops them. But basically, we think she's gone. And Kubo's she lets she flies him away. She gives him wings. She and, like teleports. Or yeah, it puts he has this um, cloak. His father's robe or something that he wears and on the back there's some sort of beetle inscription of a scorpion or something i think some it's a sort beetle of, yeah 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 it's like a flying beetle right and literally that that crest on his back comes to life and sprouts wings and he sort of fl- flutters away as she's fighting the two evil ants aunts and he ends up in the snow with a talking monkey and yeah. he, she had been carrying around a wooden monkey uh, that his mother kept telling him to stay to keep close yeah, yeah. Keep close and so he's now on a quest with this monkey and his last words he heard from his mother was to find the armor of his father's yeah and it's funny because it sort of parallels the story that he tells to the townspeople it's the same story because his little guitar show he's like telling a f- fable right while he's, and it's find this guy has to find the three pieces of this uh, armor, samurai armor to mm-hmm. become one. To f- uh, it's a little armor of lights or whatever the fuck to fight his little <laughs> daddy or his grandpappy. <laughs> but and the story never ends. He tells the story to the townspeople and they're very excited to hear it. And you see all these little origami papers because he carries around paper with him. Little and it turns into little characters and mm-hmm. he can do magic with them. Mm-hmm. So he's got the magical talking monkey and it's the voice of Charlie's Theron and then. They, Super miscast. They also meet up with Matthew McConaughey's character, who's like a beetle that was a warrior. Yeah, he's a giant beetle samurai man. Yeah. Just for some reason. For some reason, they just like he was run cursed. into him. Yeah, he was cursed, and somehow we've met them on their journey through the fucking Japanese mountainside. And they are now being helped. He's being helped by the two of them. They're on this quest. Yeah. And uh, he's got to find this armor and he's got to avoid the Moon King and his ants. So that's the story. And uh, what a missed opportunity here. Yeah, it's a shame because at the very end, the closing credits, they show one of the creatures that he fights, which is a giant sort of skeleton monster and they show the animators doing the green screen and they built from scratch like a 16 foot skeleton monster for the scene and so yeah. the animation and the the lengths they went through were phenomenal for mm-hmm. something that to me was sort of boring yeah and it was really like sort of mythology light you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it was a story that i just feel like was really sort of dumbed down it was a really dumbed down down. yeah well well, and also insulting you've got it's a japanese story and every character's a very white american actor except well Charlize is south african but But she's got she might as well be american yeah she she is so like you said totally miscast her voice really well first of all when he's in the town doing his little story we meet this old woman and her voice is Brenda Vaccaro, who you probably don't know. No. She's like an actress from the 60s, 70s. And the minute I heard that voice, I was like, oh, no. Yeah, it was <laughs> so fucking white. And like, I'm not even one of those like, you know, 
you know, SJWs like, oh, no, you can't have white and play a Asian. It's like, you know, but in this case, almost just like creatively, it was a bad choice, yeah. you know, like politics aside, it just sort of sounds dumb coming from that little old Asian sculpture <laughs> lady. Did. And the other thing about it is that none of the jokes landed. All this, mm. the script is really bad. They always try to, you know, uh, force in comedy because it worked in the Pixar movies. So yeah. it's a really common element to have, you know, some sort of little soft jokes for the kids and parents to laugh at. And the parents laugh at some stuff and the right. kids laugh at the other stuff. And it just, that did, shtick didn't work in this movie because the writing wasn't as good as Pixar Shrek, the original Shrek, you know. Well, what surprised me about that is Travis Knight, who is the director and producer on the film, he was a lead animator on Coraline and he he produced Paranorman and the Box Trolls. The Box Trolls was nominated for an Oscar. Mm. And I don't know how this got so far away from those films, which were really good. This script. I mean, I like Coraline. I still haven't seen Box Trolls. And Paranorman was cool. Um, but Coraline's awesome. I mean, it's a Neil Gaiman story. Yeah. So, you know, you have good source material. But as an animated film, Coraline... It's awesome. Right. You know, it's cool. Very cool. This is just a kind of a crummy story. Like they try to do a Japanese, you know, mythology thing and it just sort of misses the mark. And it's really obvious sort of paint by numbers, mm-hmm. no pun intended, uh, story. <laughs> like, it's just like, what? And then Matthew McConaughey sort of took over his comic relief. Like his yeah. Beatle character is sort of like the sort of fumbling, bumbling well-intentioned right. ding dingling you know and you're sort of like uh none of this is funny it wasn't well they the voices were so obnoxious and then they throw george takai in for like two lines yeah two, you should say so they have a japanese actor in there mm-hmm. i mean and ray fines is the bad guy again famed japanese actor yeah ray fines. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just, Charlize's voice to me literally ruined the film. Well, it reminds me, her voice reminds me a lot of Scarlett Johansson's voice. There's just like nothing there. And and then to be in like some sort of magical lore movie, she's Mm. like, what are you doing, Kubo? You have to be careful. It's like, boo. She has no like mystique to her voice. Yeah. It's very pedestrian. It sounds like a white woman. Yeah. Just a very disinterested white woman like Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. And so to hear it as like a magical monkey, it's like, boo, this is, you lost me with that big time. Why couldn't they have gotten someone like Rachel Vice, like with the cool British accent or something? Yeah, if you're going to do white, yeah. yeah. If you're not going to do a Japanese accent, I almost would have preferred to have this been in Japanese and subtitles. Yeah. It just looked, I mean, and I know Kung Fu Panda worked. Yeah, with Jack, they so I feel like they modeled it after that. Maybe a, a little, but Kung Fu Panda, the first one, I I like. Yeah, it was kind of funny, and like Dustin Hoffman's in it, and you kind of you don't really. Um, I don't know if I held it in the same regard in the sense of like, hey, none of these characters are Chinese, you know? Yeah. I mean, they had Jackie Chan and Lucy Liu. I'm not sure it's Chinese. But they also had Angelina Jolie playing Tigress. Right, Which right. also like didn't work for me, really, just because her voice is kind of dull. Right. Her voice kind of sucks. <laughs> um, yeah, but I didn't really, I wasn't like, man, why is the lead of a kung fu panda movie not chinese <laughs> like you know it was, yeah. it's a fun time movie right but i don't know but this it it doesn't work it no. absolutely doesn't work with those voices it just felt like they were desperately trying to get the biggest stars they could get right 
and it had nothing to do with the story or what would work for the story or anything. No, and I feel like nowadays actors are so open to do animated stuff as mm-hmm. a credit and there's so many actors that do it that they're not really known for being having unique sounding voices like i feel like initially the animation like in disney and stuff when they'd get a celebrity cameo first it was a huge deal right and then second of all those people had distinctive voices and like robin williams or personalities like robin williams as a genie and aladdin and this sort of thing like it was it was so an actor that really stood out mm-hmm. as a character and could do voices or could do accents yeah. and stuff you know but now it's just like Charlize Theron doing her <laughs> voice that she does in every movie. Right. It's like, why the fuck? That's not interesting. Same with Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Like he didn't have that super Texas accent. It was a little dialed down. It definitely dialed down. Yeah. But uh, it was still sort of like just goofy white guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. It's just, and then the Rooney Mara thing was dumb and just the plot, the series, they have to get the three pieces. And so they have to go to three different locations mm-hmm. and find each piece, a sword and a helmet and a, a chest plate or whatever. And then he gets them and he has to fight his grandpa. And then at the end, his grandpa's like alive in the human world, but his parents I, are dead. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And we his don't... grandpa doesn't know who he is, so they all just tell him that he was a really good person who helps everyone. It's weird. And then they're like, oh, okay. And it's like, you did it, Kubo. It's like, the end. It's like, what? What yeah. the fuck? You know, it's a shame because I've seen clips of the sort of making of this movie online, mm-hmm. and it's the, the amount of effort Every fucking movement is done by hand. It's incredible what they did. I mean, and that you mentioned that they show the skeleton yeah. at the end. It's and huge. that's really worth, I mean, staying for the end credits. Is, to see like, that. Yeah. And that scene was really cool, too, but I just it wasn't that invested because the story was kind of weak. Mm-hmm. So you have this huge effort and this giant undertaking. And then as a viewer, I'm still like, oh, yeah, that's cool. You got you found the sword. No, it was in his head the whole time. Yeah. I'm happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, I, I did find myself to be, bar- I, I mean, I was bored. I was but, a little sleepy. Yeah, but I was also mad because I was so frustrated by the voices not making sense. Yeah. That it just annoyed me so much. Yeah, and I just didn't care whether he succeeded. I, I didn't, I wasn't invested in the characters. Yeah. I was just sort of like, okay, you did it. I mean, we all knew you were going to do it. I haven't seen an animated movie in theaters for a long time. And I didn't go see Finding Dory. And we didn't go That's see right. it. That's uh, right. Because that came out this summer and it made a grip ton of money. Uh-huh. Um, and so I was like, well, we should go see this. You know, there's nothing else in theaters. Well, and also, like you said, the whole, like, the way they filmed it. You know, made me want to see it. it was an interesting concept and and you know it's the way they did the lego movie and like yeah they, it, it was kind of like wow i'd like to see that mm-hmm. the, the very beginning when they sh- when they sort of do a voiceover of the story mm-hmm. and they show the mother and him in the sea that in the sea was cool that was very cool and then also you see him in the cave with the mother and taking care of her and but like literally up until they get to the square where you hear stupid Brenda Vaccaro's voice yeah. as the old Japanese woman. Like bad jokes. It, it was cool. I was into it. Me too. I like the opening sequence and then she has a baby on her back and they mm-hmm. wash up on shore and there's a giant tidal wave and stuff and the baby's missing an eye. Yeah, it was interesting. The first opening sequences, the opening sequence. And then, yeah, once he goes out and like plays for the people. But then his whole sort of story with the magic origami was sort of a fun that sight was fun. for yes. the eyes, you know. And some of the other origami stuff they do throughout the movie is really clever. 
There's a very cool scene when he builds a ship out of leaves because they have to cross an ocean to get the third part. Yeah, the second part. but it's ruined by this arguing banter between Charlize Theron and Michael and Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Remember they do this sort of like arguing they about don't know what's yeah, best for and him. it's so stupid. It's the dialogue. so dumb. The dialogue stinks. It was a really <sighs> dumb script, and it wasn't funny where it was supposed to be funny, and it wasn't really that dramatic where it was supposed to be dramatic. Yeah, you know? no, no, agreed. Yeah, I was just sort of like, wah, wah, you know. So, what would you give this? I don't know, like a six. Why a six? So we're not dooming it. In other words. Oh, I I don't know. I always feel like Doom should be... Doom is five by our scale. Doom <laughs> it's is five. not what you feel. It's our scale. Well, we made the scale. Yeah. We changed the scale. <laughs> it's not like it's set in stone. I don't know. Six because it kind of sucks, but it's a lot of work went into this movie. And it was there, a lot of it was fun to watch, you know? It just sort of let me down in the story and voice acting departments. So, you know, like a six. I, yeah. I, it's one, a movie that when I was watching in a the theater, like, ah, I didn't need to see this in theaters. I could have saw this on HBO. You right. Know? You know, but again, I was really curious. It was really stop motion was what me from forgetting this movie came out mm -hmm. to going to f actually see it in a theater, for God's sake. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? That's a big jump for me. Uh, this movie would have just passed me by like nothing had it not been like, oh, wow, stop motion. Oh, right. wow, paranormal. And, you know, a, a Coraline. I mean. Uh, yeah, let's go see it, you know? And then, sure enough, I could have done without seeing this in theaters altogether. Agreed. All right, I'll concur and give it a six. And uh, that will be our review of Kubo and the Two Strings. Mm -hmm.